Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm fired up. Too much coffee today. When's the last time you heard the name Tim Donaghy? Remember that rogue NBA official? Well, his name is going to resurface in the final hour of the program. An eight-year investigation into the NBA betting scandal. There's a podcast called The Whistleblower. We'll have the host on coming up in a little bit. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow, and uh, we say good morning to those watching on Peacock. You can watch for free and also listen on the uh, Fox Sports Radio lineup and our great radio affiliates around the country. Headlines from last night, the Rays are not going to go away easily. They tied the series at a game apiece. Tonight, Giants in the Eagles, the World Series is off. Outpouring of sympathy for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why is this hitting home with a lot of people that Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe he's not going to start a game again, got demoted. He said he got fired. And Tua Tonga-Vailoa, come on down, making the Dolphins relevant. Your phone calls on this topic or any topic that's uh, on your mind, uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. The final hour there, McLovin, with the poll question. Oh, I asked you, who would you rather start a team with? Daniel Jones or oh, Sam Darnold, which sounds silly now. Uh, let's see. Daniel Jones has a slight lead. The Giants are playing better. They're not good, but they're playing better. You know, Jacksonville, I think Jacksonville woke up after beating the Colts and went, what are we doing? We, we shouldn't be trying to win games here. Although I had somebody, uh, NFL uh, front office personnel, who said, you know, don't be surprised if Jacksonville would want to stay with Gardner Minshew. And I go, oh, I would be really surprised if they had Trevor Lawrence and uh, he was on the board or Justin Fields and they didn't uh, go with one of those two guys. I don't know about Justin Fields. I know that he had an unbelievable year last year, 
But I know Dwayne Haskins had an unbelievable year prior to that at Ohio State. You know, the trend is it's kind of hard to not have a great year at some of these universities. Now, if you have a great year at Maryland or Rutgers, all right, I'm going to take a little uh, closer look at that. But if I'm going to go against Rutgers and Maryland, chances are I'm probably having a decent game there. Yeah, McLevin. Are you going system QB, Ohio State? Uh, the system is they get a whole lot of great talent. That, that's their system. Right, so it's hard to evaluate. Like you, I yeah, remember I you came know. back after Ohio State, Michigan. You're like, oh my god, the receivers beat their DBs by ten yards every time. Yeah, I I just didn't know. I thought McLaurin was a better talent than Dwayne Haskins when I watched that game against Michigan, and then watched subsequent games with him. I thought that he was ready for the NFL. I think he was a second round pick by Washington. Does that sound right, McLevin? Fourth, I think. Oh, I fourth round. Third or fourth, I believe, yeah. I just, I, I don't know what it was, but Haskins had all the time in the world, and those wide receivers ran past Michigan's defense. It was as if Michigan's defense couldn't, only, it could only go back like 25 yards. And then after that, if you could throw the ball past them, then they couldn't go back and cover anybody because Ohio State could have put up 80 points that day in Columbus. But you know, trying to assess these quarterbacks. If Sam Darnold continues to win, then he doesn't have to worry about job security because they're not going to be in a position to draft Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence is not going back to Clemson. He's just not. You know, if he pulls an Eli Manning, that's possible. But, you know, does he end up with the Jets? Do the Jets have the worst record in football? The Vikings have just made a trade, and they traded Yannick Ngakwe. So they got him from Jacksonville. They gave up a second-round pick. Now they just chipped him to Baltimore for a third-round pick and a conditional fifth-round pick. He's 25? Had five sacks in five games? What am I missing here? Did the Vikings just raise the white flag? Exactly. One in five. God. You know, you're locked in with Kirk D. Cousins for one more year. You paid Dalvin Cook. You had a really an elite defense not long ago. Yeah, McLovin. How about they, I know you have to pay Kirk one more year, but get in the Trevor game and just sit in behind Kirk for a year or just pay Kirk. You got to start over at some point. I know, I know. And it looks like the Bears, who I don't think are a good team, but they're winning the games that they're that are on their schedule. I mean, plain and simple. If you start to look at that schedule a little closer, you're not looking at the Bears and say, boy, they're formidable. But they're going to be a playoff team, it looks like. Green Bay is going to be a playoff team. Minnesota is bad. Detroit's Detroit. But, man, this is pretty early there. With Unless I'm missing something behind the scenes with Yannick Ngakwe. But he's a talented guy at 25 and now going to Baltimore. Yeah, McLevin. Yeah, it's his third team. And, you know, I think he was unhappy in Jacksonville. I wonder, like, part of me is like, is there something we're not seeing here? Well, I understand why he was unhappy. Look at all the players who were unhappy in Jacksonville. It wasn't just on Ngakwe. It felt like it was, who's happy? Gardner Minshew might have been the only guy happy to be in Jacksonville. I think he's happy to be anywhere. But I don't think... Like Minnesota giving up on Ngakwe, that's that's surprising. 
I mean, you got the pick back, but I don't know. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, McLevin. I'm surprised the Cowboys didn't add him because they like to pay defensive ends to uh, just a million of them. <laughs> they have Alden Smith, Randy Gregory, Everson Griffin, who was with the Vikings. Yeah, oh, I know. Demarcus Lawrence. It's because, oh, Jerry. Jerry wants to win so badly. You know, you can just buy your way out of bad decisions. But he buys his way into bad decisions. That's the problem. Uh, let me get some phone calls in here. Daniel in California. Hey, Dan, what's on your mind today? Hey, Dan, 5'11 and a COVID minus 2208. I'm calling about uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, I'm, unfortunately, I'm a Dolphins fan and I've uh, been suffering for a long time. But um, I think when the interview, and if you listen to the whole thing, I know you mentioned it just a little bit ago. That it's more that he's kind of seeing his career come to an end, possibly, and just the idea that he probably expected to maybe be told, hey, this is going to be your last starting game. And so, you know, he kind of soak it all in and enjoy it. And, and I knew Tua was going to come in eventually, but I was a little surprised that it was this early. My more optimistic uh, Dolphins fans, um, they think 3-3 three and three gives them a chance, but I know better. They have no chance. But I think uh, they have the same chance right now with Ryan Fitzpatrick as they probably do with Tua. And thanks for the phone call, Daniel. Fitzpatrick's completing 70% of his passes. Like, he's not dynamic. But if you make the playoffs, okay. But you've got to think bigger picture here. And that's what Miami's doing. I don't like how they handled it, but I understand the move. you got to know what you have right now. That's why you took him fifth overall. So you could be in a position where he's playing this year. The Chiefs had a plan when they drafted Patrick Mahomes and they had Alex Smith. And they stayed with the plan. And that is they made way for Patrick Mahomes his second year in the league. Dolphins just sped up the process. The Chargers process got sped up. The Bengals, they were always going to have Joe Burrow. I thought Tua was going to sit this year. He's healthy. Then put him in. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Joel in Kentucky. Hey, Joel, what's on your mind today? Hey, DP. Uh, wanted to get your guys' opinion. Would you think it's better to have a talented rookie prospect like Tua and uh, go ahead, give him a couple weeks to prepare, uh, get him ready for the game, or do you think it's better for a talented quarterback uh, you look at Justin Herbert, just say, hey, uh, by the way, Tyrod Taylor's out. You're in. Uh, we just found out. Oh, yeah, by the way, we elected to receive the kickoff. So do you think it's better? When I go to the doctor and I know I'm going to get a shot, I'm, I kind of tense up. But if, I, but if I go and they say, all right, pull him down, I'm like, what? <laughs> it's, all right. Well, thank you for that visual, Joel. Pull him down. Um, I think they're, they're hoping for a shot of adrenaline here with Tua that, you know, him coming in and it, look, we don't like seeing this where somebody loses their job and you wonder why they're losing their job. But this is just, this is the natural habitat of that position in the NFL. You know, it's the young that eat the old, they come in and then they kick these guys to the curb. Because we are infatuated with youth, with promise, potential. Except for Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger. 
Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, they're holding on. Yes, McLovin. I don't see why Fitzpatrick's so upset. It's 2020. Like, every backup's going to get eight shots this year. He'll be back in and out. Like, there's no way he doesn't come back this season, right? How is Tua going to make it all year long? That was my thought. That, you know, what are the odds of any quarterback staying healthy? I don't know. Uh, Fletch in Oklahoma. Hi, Fletch. Good morning, Dan. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I think that the reason people like Fitzpatrick so much is they understand his experience because everybody's had one like that. I think he's going to give us a new word for the show vocabulary. And let me give you an example of how I can identify. Long, long time ago, I had a new girlfriend. We had a few dates. She was actually interested in me. And then later I realized that, you know, I was kind of in over my head and she was out of my league. A couple weeks before the fourth, uh, excuse me, a couple weeks before the New Year's Eve, we had a date set up. She was going to be out of town, but be back in time for the date. We make solid New Year's Eve plans. New Year's Eve comes up. I can't get a hold of her on the phone. She stands me up cold. I am all alone. It's the worst New Year's Eve ever. Next day, New Year's Day, I'm driving over to a buddy's house to watch football games. I see her on the back of some other dude's motorcycle with her arms around his waist. <laughs> happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. And so at that point in time, I think from now on, every time I ever tell this story, I'm just going to say that I was Fitzpatrick. No, that's good. Thank you, Fletch. I almost bought a motorcycle just because I knew if I got a girl on there, she would put her arms around me. And I thought, okay, that's good. And I bought a motorcycle, and I started to drive away, and uh, I was out of college, and it broke down on the side of the road. <laughs> I had a friend come and get me, and we, we took the motorcycle back to the guy, and I said, give me my money back, <laughs> and that was it. I had a motorcycle for about 90 minutes. Yes, Todd. Is it safer just to get a cute puppy dog and then you try to get Todd, a... if I knew what I, <laughs> you know, know now, back then, I would have learned to dance, play guitar, and always had a puppy with me. But I can't dance, didn't have a dog, and I can't play guitar. Just for you young guys out there, learn guitar, learn to dance, and have a nice puppy. Yes, McLeod. Can you learn to dance, though? I think... You can. I, I took dancing lessons. Remember when I was with Gunner? You must make eye contact! <laughs> he, my, my wife and I took ballroom dancing, and Gunner was yelling at me, You must make eye contact! And I was like, oh my God. Like, I... I you know... You took that now! I had to put my arms around him as if I was dancing, and I, I didn't want to make eye contact. And he yelled at me, You must make eye contact! And I go, oh, God! Okay. So I'm dancing with a dude, and I'm looking right into his eyes. <laughs> Gunner. And learn ballroom dancing. You know, learn, learn a couple of, like, Cajun two-step, uh, you know, the waltz. You know, just a couple of things. You can get by. Trust me. Women love it when you go out to the dance floor. Instead of they have to drag you out there. And... You know, I, I can sing, obviously, because you hear that on the show. Just imagine if I had a guitar and I'd be sitting in the corner. I'd be playing like James Taylor or something like that. I'd do a little sting, a little Dylan. You know, that was another uh, a guy who his music is better by his lyrics. You know, I was thinking about that yesterday. Like Led Zeppelin, to me, 
their lyrics make their music not, it doesn't in, enhance it. It's great music. It's my favorite band. And I went, I got uh, schooled by a, a Rush fan yesterday after the show. He actually laid out lyrics from Rush songs and say, I think you owe Rush fans an apology. I apologize, Rush fans. There are some, there are some great lyrics in there. Better than Led Zeppelin, let's put it that way. I don't, still don't know what a hedgerow is or whatever that is on Stairway to Heaven. There's the bustle in your hedgerow. <laughs> don't be alone. Whatever. And, there, and then there, what's the May Queen or something like that? Yeah, yeah it's something about a, the May Queen. No, no, no idea. Stupid. Yeah, McLevin. I strongly prefer this version of you than the doing the Charleston singing Tangled Up in Blue in the Corner guy. I don't. That's so soft to dad to play guitar. Come on, you don't need those things. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> we all did. I, really. I went I went 0 for two years at Eastern Kentucky. The big O? I had no I didn't have a date. Oh. I went 0 for two years. I don't know that a guitar is gonna help you then, pal. Yeah, I think a guitar could have helped me at least go <laughs> one for two. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but for some reason, you know, it could have been the long hair, it could have been the acne, it could have been that I weighed, you know, one sixty, I was six three. Um didn't have much going. I had no money. I had no car. I didn't have any charm. I had nothing. Yes, a ton. Is that where the whiff was born? Oh, hey, would you like to go out sometime? Maybe we could see it. No, thank you. Yeah. The whiff. I, I got I got caught looking. Third strike. <laughs> so many times. Ha! <laughs> I'd be like, God, I never got my bat off my shoulder. Horrible. Oh, for two years. I mean, it's not like McLovin at Dartmouth. Hey, I mean, you I, went one for four years, didn't you? Yeah, I had one girlfriend for four years, but <laughs> high school, I had, I went, I had the fictional girlfriend in the Niagara Falls area. <laughs> That's even worse. I know. Yes, Paul. Dan, in high school, I, you guys aren't even close to where I was. I, I owned a Corvette, and I don't think I ever had a girl in the front seat of it, much less a backseat, which it doesn't have. <laughs> I didn't even have a backseat to not have anyone in. I, I owned a Corvette. You know how cool that is in high school you're right and it was it's like a, a bears drafting a quarterback me getting a corvette is is wasted i we had one car six kids and we had a uh an oldsmobile like a delta 98 i think and my dad had it i never got to drive it i never you know so like my senior year i think i i bought a, a car but i didn't i had a bike i went on a date on a bike like, how do you pick up your date on a bike? A little bell. You're like, ding, 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 ding. It's, it's, a it's, not, it's not a bicycle for two. I had her get on her bike. We were juniors in high school. Everybody else had like Camaros and Trans Ams. You know, Chevelle 396 SS, Roadrunners. And I had a damn bicycle. Not even a banana seat where you can kind of fit a second No, I didn't have a banana seat where she could have sat on the back and put her arms around me. I had no strategy. Yes, McLaughlin. I had a minivan. My mom's minivan. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, there's plenty of room in the back Whoa. there to get some action. I'm like, yeah. I fit the whole Dungeons and Dragons club in here. <laughs> People said that all the time. Like, whoa, you can. And like, there was no one in that car. My car was lonelier than yours, Paul. <laughs> that was the shagging wagon. Mathlete road trips.
<laughs> if this minivan be rocking, don't bother knocking. Fifty-six sided <laughs> die be rolling. <laughs> you know, people walk by and they hear the noise in there, and they're going, "Whoa, what's going on in that van?" A uh, Dungeon and Dragons. They're playing a game. Yeah, warlock yeah, just yeah. entered the room. Yeah, you're hearing these noises. Woo! Yeah. Oh. We just encountered a whole pack of gargoyles. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to come in here. Yeah, both. But Fritzy's college. Fritzy didn't att- he attended college without being at college. He was in an apartment building with his mom in college. Very tough. Well, he's right in the same boat as us. He I, could have been in New York at NYU. I was in my apartment in Brooklyn with a Heather Thomas and Heather Lockley poster, and that was about it. Yes, and he was club. ripped. He looked like Dave, a ripped David Hasselhoff. He no, could have killed it. He was a ripped Mark Ruffalo. If, if there wasn't any pretty girl I was interested in in the neighborhood within a couple of blocks of the, my parents' apartment building, yeah, it just wasn't What enough. a waste of muscles back then, man. Totally. Gosh. But you had that look, though. Little window. Yeah, I know. Really small window. Uh, I just got this sent to me by a friend in the NFL. Hey, uh, the Ravens have done quite well with uh, some draft picks. Marcus Peters, they got for a fifth rounder. Calais Campbell, they got a fifth rounder. And Yannick Ngakwe, a third rounder. That's pretty good. That's why the Ravens are the Ravens. Let me get to uh, Al in Atlanta, then we'll take a break. And then uh, we're going to revisit the story of that rogue NBA official. Uh, We're going to talk to the host of Whistleblower. This is an eight-year investigation into the NBA betting scandal. And there's a whole lot more to Tim Donaghy and this betting scandal. I'm guessing Tim wasn't alone with the betting in the NBA. So we'll find that out uh, next. Hey, Al. Hey, Dan. Hey, bud. You trying to rip my heart out or something, Danny? Why? I'm sitting here trying to enjoy my breakfast wrap, trying to call in, give you guys a great suggestion for a meat Friday. Okay. And I got you ripping my heart out, not only sending Julio to the Packers, whole nother can of worms we won't even open up right now, but you want to send Matt to reunite with Shanahan? Well, oh, no, no. I'm Shanahan trying to help you. To I'm trying to rebuild your team for you, Al. I, I don't want my team rebuilt. I'm more of a like loyal homeboy than Jerry Jones. Don't take my team away from me. Yeah, but baby. how has that worked out for you, Al? It, it brought some hardship, but it, it brought some good times, too. You can't, you can't enjoy the good times unless you go through the hardship, Danny. I think that I would be helping you if you got something for Matt Ryan and you got something for Julio Jones. And let's say I gave you Trevor Lawrence. Would you be okay with Trevor Lawrence, Al? Trevor Lawrence has broken my heart (laughs) already so many times. I don't need to have to root for him. Thank you, Al. I'm just suggesting if Matt Ryan was going to play for another team, I think San Francisco would be the ideal spot. And if I'm the Packers, I don't draft wide receivers would I trade for one in Julio Jones? That's it. I don't have any intel on it. I'm just telling you what I told you two weeks ago. You're going to hear Matt Ryan's name. And now you're hearing Matt Ryan's name on the trading block. That's it. All right. When we come back, it's a fascinating story. It has to do with Tim Donaghy. Tim Livingston is uh, a sports journalist, the creator and host of Whistleblower Podcast. And he's done a whole lot of research and interviews that dealt with Tim Donaghy and the betting scandal with the NBA. And uh, his latest podcast is uh, the latest episode. It comes out today. They talked to an FBI agent who was one of the most respected agents in the FBI's history and the agent who oversaw the Donaghy investigation and some interesting things 
that they'll reveal. That's coming up next, 22 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Legal Zoom, need to make it legal, make it legalzoom.com. The new normal, I don't know how you're getting through it. If you have legal hurdles and you don't want to leave home to meet with a lawyer, you don't have to because Legal Zoom can help you. They're dedicated to helping you with the right solutions. And they've been doing this for almost 20 years now. They've been a partner of ours for over a decade. If it's a will living trust to protect your family, if you need help starting a business and doing it the right way with a DBA, LLC, nonprofit, or more, LegalZoom can help you do it. And it's easy to get started because if you need guidance, they have a network of independent attorneys. They provide the legal advice to ensure that you're making the right choices. And since LegalZoom isn't a law firm, you won't have to leave your home and you don't get charged by the hour. LegalZoom has proven to be a reliable resource for families and business owners everywhere during these unprecedented times. Take me up on the offer. Thank me later. Visit LegalZoom.com today. Take care of some of the important things you need to get done. When you need to make it legal, make it LegalZoom.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. 
And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm not sure the last time you heard the name Tim Donaghy. I was listening to the podcast Whistleblower, and it just brought back all these memories because Donaghy used to try to call in and he would reach out to Paulie and he wanted to come on the show. He wanted to give us his side of things. And he was labeled that rogue NBA official by David Stern. You know, was he betting on games? Did he fix games? Did he have a partner, Scott Foster, uh, NBA official, their relationship, the number of phone calls back and forth with one another. And you can go back in the early 2000s and there are cities, franchises that still swear Tim Donaghy robbed them of wins and maybe championships. Uh, the aforementioned Tim Livingston is the sports journalist, creator, and host of Whistleblower Podcast, and he joins us on the program. Tim, thanks for joining us. Let me start with just the idea to take another dive into Tim Donaghy and what exactly happened here with the NBA. Yeah, well, I think you can break it up. The way we've done it is there's the scandal, there's Tim Donaghy, there's what he was doing on the court, there's the billions or at least hundreds of millions, potentially billions of dollars that were moving in the gambling community just based off of Tim Donahue's games. There's, the, there's that scandal and there's the conspiracy. There's what was the NBA doing during this time? What, was the NBA also manipulating games? Were there other referees involved? How big was this? So we investigate both sides in the scandal and try and just find answers to both. Okay, what is more intriguing as far as the NBA side or Tim Donaghy's side? The conspiracy by far. It's fascinating because what David Stern was able to do um, in 2007 after this came out was was silence it pretty quickly, right? Um, I mean, he he actually, I think we proved pretty conclusively that the NBA actually leaks news of the Donahue scandal. And they did so because they knew the FBI was investigating the scandal. So we dive into this in the podcast, but the NBA brilliantly, I mean, who, who would think that the NBA would release the news of the biggest scandal in the league's history. But I think we, a lot of people, and myself included, believe that they did. And so that's kind of where it starts. And if you look at David Stern, who was such a brilliant um, leader in crises, uh, whether or not he was ethical throughout, um, we can debate. But Stern's, Stern's ability to make this scandal go away is really what this podcast is about. Because in 2007, this could have really blown up. This could have been a really um, potentially just brand altering 
event for the NBA that could have, you know, really brought them closer to WWF. And he just through his his brilliance and cunning. Well, I thought what was great, the marketing ploy to say he kept telling us it was a rogue official. It was a rogue official. It was never, you know, just an official or Tim Donaghy. It was a rogue official. So he wanted this was a standalone one guy. Nobody else. Is that true? Is Tim Donaghy the only guy who should be under investigation or was under investigation for betting on games? Absolutely not. I mean, again, in my opinion, if you look at just everybody that we've interviewed over the course of the scandal, and there's so many people, Dan, as I'm sure you can imagine, that had a lot of interesting things to say, but wanted it kept off the record. I wish, I wish everybody, and hopefully after this podcast comes out and all this comes out, we can get people like Mark Cuban and other referees who can corroborate a lot of what Donnie is saying on the record. But if you look at, we interviewed Michael Franzese, who's a former capo in the Colombo crime family, who says that he had two NBA referees who were not Tim Donahue on his payroll, as well as NCA referees. And if you talk, look at the mafia at that time, it seems like this was just commonplace. Uh, there was referees left and right who were using their whistles to, to influence basketball games. And Donahue's relationship with Scott Foster is something that we need to investigate today in 2020. They Did were, you they get a chance to talk to Scott Foster and, and explain the relationship with Tim and Scott Foster? So Tim and Scott Foster entered the NBA the same year in 1994. They were best friends throughout their 13 years in the NBA. They, during the peak of the scandal, exchanged 134 phone calls in five months. On, on the phone that the FBI said Donahue was using for gambling-related purposes, um, and both of them, their excuse was kind of like, oh, we just called a, you know, to shoot, to shoot it. Right. And they were talking for two minutes at a time. So there's a lot of things that don't add up with, with are, their Are they talking prior to games? Yes. Night right of games. games. Yes. And immediately after Foster, or excuse me, immediately after Donnie, he would talk with his bookie or the middleman, Tommy Martino, he would often call Foster. So the phone records are, are highly suspicious and yeah, I would love, I've not gotten a chance to talk with Scott Foster, um, but I would absolutely love to. And he's got a lot of questions to answer from this that he's never had to. And that was, again, part of just how the NBA brilliantly swept this under the rug and, and moved on. And there's a lot of people, the NBA, Scott Foster, Mark Cuban, that need to answer questions about this scandal. How many games is uh, Tim Donaghy accused of fixing? So we know that Donahue was betting on games that he refereed from 2003 to 2007. He refereed 260 games in that time frame, and I think all those games were compromised in some way or some form. I don't think he started betting on games and then took any games off. Excuse me, took any games off. So 260 games over the course of four years that just Donahue alone was betting. But what's fascinating is that Donahue had no idea he was betting with a couple of select people. Uh, but he had no idea how big this ballooned. By the end of it, the Gambino family, which is the biggest crime family in New York, or one of the biggest um, huge gambling syndicates throughout Philadelphia and New York, were cognizant that Donahue was fixing games. And so more and more people became aware of the scheme, and more and more people started betting on Tim Donahue games when they got word of which side he picked. And by the end of this thing, there was millions upon millions of dollars moving for each of Donahue's games. And that last season, hundreds of millions were moving just on his games. In the latest episode that uh, comes out today, you talk with the FBI agent, Phil Scala, and uh, you describe him as one of the most respected agents in the FBI's history and the agent who oversaw the investigation. What were some of the things that were revealed? 
Oh man, so much. So Phil Scala um, was generous enough to sit down with us. It took a while to convince him to do so. And I think the biggest revelation, so the NBA signed a $7.4 billion TV deal um, and they signed it really in, well, what we found out according to Scala is that they signed it five days after learning from the FBI that the Donahue scandal was coming down the pike. Now, $7.4 billion deals take months and months and months to negotiate. This wasn't like they just rushed, you know, that this just happened in five days and, and they just went to signature. They've been working on this deal for a long time, but it really raises some eyebrows that they might have rushed this deal to the finish line upon hearing about the Donahue, um, the Donahue scandal coming down the pike. And, and that, for me, is something that, again, the NBA has never had to answer for. Um, Scala says... Some some fascinating things throughout, but did yeah, ESPN like, and Turner know about the Donaghy investigation? Uh, Turner, their state Sal Petruzzi, who I believe was their VP of Communications at the time, said specifically that they did not know about the Donaghy okay. allegations. Um, and ESPN John Skipper, I believe, um, I'm not sure if he commented on the fact whether they knew or not, but it, it seems pretty clear that they did not inform their TV partners. Do you think that gambling still exists with referees in the NBA today, Tim? Well, that's a great question. That's what we need to get to the bottom to, bottom of. And that's what we've gotten a little more transparency. We've gotten the two-minute rule, or the two-minute report, excuse me, that you know the NBA gives us as fans probably just to frustrate, it, frustrate us even more. But we really need to vet referees a lot more than we currently do. Um, we probably need them to open up their, um, their, their accounting their their checkbooks, their bank accounts for forensic analysis. We need to really understand because if referee X, some small time referee, you know, his brother puts five grand on a game and he's going to kick the referee back, you know, five grand, 10 grand for, for fixing a game. We have no way to, to vet that. That could easily still be happening. And we have no idea. We have no real policing of the NBA's police. And that's a problem. And we've never really gotten there fully. Who, if out of everybody you could interview? Who do you want to interview? I think Scott Foster would probably be number one. Um, Cuban would be number two. Has Foster they, said anything? Foster, right after this came out back in 2007, 2008, um, you know, said that he would love to talk more about it um, and never really had to. But I would love to interview Foster, Cuban, and Dick Bavetta. Now, Dick why, Bavetta is another guy. Why Cuban? You've mentioned him three or four times throughout this. So Cuban... If you look at the 2006 finals, that's probably the most controversial NBA finals that's ever been played. And we present a lot of evidence that the referees did not like Mark Cuban. And so now we have to look at, okay, so the referees didn't like Mark Cuban. They didn't like him because he wanted the, the system, the refereeing system to be overhauled. And it was going to cost them money and, and likely cost them, you know, the, a lot of the perks that they've become accustomed to. And Cuban's talked about referees throughout, right? But he's never really talked about this scandal. And he's never talked about how deep he thought it went. Um, and I really want to talk with Mark about those things because I think he's got insight that the rest of us don't have. He's been in the weeds for 20 plus years. He's been the guy for the NBA that, that was shouting from the hilltops, there is a problem. And then this all has come out. And we've reached out to Mark. For, he's been very amenable via email, but he, he has neglect, you know, has refused to come on, which is understandable. But yeah, I want to talk with Mark, but here's the thing, Dan, Mark Cuban, the Mavericks are valued, I believe around $2 billion. And if this scandal would have erupted in a way that it could have been 2007, yeah, I mean, they might be worth $1.2 billion. And so if you're looking at Mark Cuban and the money involved, 
I understand why he's not talking to us, but I really would love to talk to him because I think his insight would be hugely valuable. How many more episodes do you have? We got one more. Um, today was episode nine. That was this episode is really the climax. This is what we've been building up to. Episode ten is um, an epilogue where we reflect and we really, you know, the question you just asked is huge. Where are we today? Is, has the system gotten better? How do we make it better? How do we as fans really believe in the integrity in the NBA and in the integrity of these basketball games going forward? That's what, if there's anything that could come out of this podcast, and if Adam Silver ever listens to this, I think we as fans just want, we want that integrity. That's such a big word in the NBA. And I really hope that people in the NBA front office listen to this and make some much needed adjustments. Haven't heard from Adam Silver, have you? I've not. Um, I would love to. I'd love to talk with Adam. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him and for his leadership and for what he's done for the NBA. And I think the last six plus years under Adam Silver were a lot different than the previous 30 years in all the best ways. Tim, good to talk to you. And uh, congrats on the, the podcast. Good luck with that final uh, final episode next week. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. That's Tim Livingston, and it's uh, the Whistleblower podcast. And I listened to the first two, and there's, you know, it gets your attention when they're meeting with Tim Donaghy. I, how often would Donaghy reach out whenever we brought up this topic in, in any NBA finals? Like, he would be front and center wanting to come on the show and talk about games being fixed. And it, I don't know if he was trying to retry his case, but he was very willing to come on and talk about what was going on in the NBA. But the Scott Foster situation is the one that I think they're still trying to get answers to because they had a very close relationship and just by proxy, uh, guilt by association. And you're talking to somebody that often prior to games that you're doing. That's what kind of stands out here. Yeah, Paul. This story broke in 07. And I always thought that the legacy of Tim Donaghy or the impact was there's a lot of sports fans out there who believe certain sports are fixed. Sports they're watching are fixed and different types of sports. Yeah. And this gave them a face and a name for it. They've always speculated, oh, this game's fixed, that league's fixed, blah, 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 for the good of the league, yep. the players, gamblers, whatever. And that gave them a person and a name and say, see, I told you. And no matter what sport you root for, and a lot of people, I don't, but a lot of people think sports are fixed, there is a face for it. Yeah, I think that those people who would always say, you know, these games are fixed or they could fix them and... Uh, you know, there's part of you saying, how could they do that? How could they get away with that? And it feels like if you listen to this podcast and what is being said, like you have the Gambino family involved in this. The FBI is involved in this. And how many other officials were involved in this? Because it feels like they went largely unchecked. Take a break. Last call for phone calls. We'll close up shop. What's in store tomorrow right after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's the one four and one Eagles. The combined record of the NFC East teams is the second worst by any division through the first six weeks since the merger in 1970. The 1984 AFC Central, 5-19 and 19 after uh, week six. The NFC East is second, 5-18-1. Thanks to that Eagles tie, 
they're not the worst through first six games. Stat of the day, stat of the day, tap, tap. stat of the day, stat of the day. Ooh. Here comes that what stat of the day. What's the line tonight, Paulie? What do you think? Want to play guess that line? Okay, so the Eagles are at the Giants. Eagles are hosting, hosting the Giants. Hosting the Giants. One and four versus one, four and one versus one and five. As I told you, I think the Giants, they're not good, but they have played better. I'm going to go Philly minus. I was going. I'm stuck between four and a half. Look at you. Eagles given four and a half points. Ding, 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 ding. The Oracle. Yeah. Nice job. Yep. Great. I don't know what that gets me. You want to get down on it real no, quick? No, no. God, no. I don't want to bet on it. Should we bet what on it? What are you it? thinking? <laughs> Loving that under what with the weather. A dime? Yeah. Four and a half. Ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. <laughs> yes, McLovin. I got one safe bet. I know we don't care about ratings. No, we don't bet. But I'll bet you this rating doubles the highest rated World Series game for tonight. Or dub maybe triples. No, the game one was like nine million. So you're saying they're gonna get twenty seven million? Well they'll get oh eighteen is a lot. Yeah. But what's nine million? What's that rating? I have no idea. They'll beat that tonight. This a giants. giants well, yeah, they Eagles would beat rating. that, but you're saying they would double or triple. Nine million. I thought they they're not getting eighteen million left. for this game. It's juicy. Oh God! <laughs> this is good. This is no, good drama. Not, no, it's not juicy. I can name one guy who's not watching. Yeah, you guys don't think this is a juicy? I still, I'm really baffled by that. All the shows I talk to, all they talk about it: Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones, 24 hours a day. Well, we we talk about other things. I got, I mean, people in Philly are talking Carson Wentz. In New York, they're talking Daniel Jones. I feel like nationally, Carson Wentz draw. He's like one of those polarizing guys. No, no, the team isn't any good. The Browns aren't any good. We everybody spends seventy well, percent of the fun. day talking well, about the Browns. That's metrics. That's that's where you have these people who look at what's trending. Right, Carson Wentz is always trending. No, OBJ is always going to be trending. Always, Baker Mayfield always trending. They got more star power there. Yeah, see. but isn't it trending based on what you like or what you're interested in? Like Carson Wentz is never trending for me ever. But no. it's probably because I'm not looking at Philadelphia sports stuff. Yeah. Like there's certain players, certain teams that are going to be trending, and that's why you know Dallas is always trending, always. Lakers were always trending. Uh, Kyle in California. Hey, Kyle, what do you have for me today? Hey, DP. Hey, uh, first of all, I, I don't know why we're being punished by the NFL. They couldn't have stuck this game at Sunday at the tenth one o'clock slot. Yeah. But but um, anyway, the uh, the Tim Livingston, the Donahue pod. I'm glad you had him on. It is so good. I've listened to him. I can't wait for the ninth one. Um, and it's really damning. As a Laker fan, personally, I hate listening to it. It makes my heart sink after every episode. But he's totally right. I mean, the evidence they have on there, like the calls with Scott Foster, how many of them, they're two minutes, and then before each game, and they say, you know, they're just shooting the crap, whatever. Like, you know, as mm. as fans, don't don't piss on us. Tell us it's raining. All these refs from like the same area in Pennsylvania, like it's just fishy. It really is. It's damning. Yep. And I and I I just want people to listen to it, and then you can judge for yourself. But thanks for the phone call, Kyle. But once you start to add it up, this isn't. I don't think that Tim Donaghy worked alone. I don't know how deep it went. 
but there's an old boy's feel to this that they were able to get away with some stuff here. You would think as a referee, you'd only have so much control, and you could really control the game and guarantee you making your money if you're, there are other referees in over, your team. Over, under, over, under, I can really control. Easy. I, that, that doesn't have to do with point spreads. It's just I start calling fouls. But the guy on my crew, I would like them to be in on it, not questioning me. Todd, what'd you learn today? During his Zoom appearance, Al Leiter passive-aggressively sort of displayed his 2017 sports Emmy in the same category we were Put it for. right in our faces. Yeah, McLevin. Uh, Matt Ryan, Niners? Question mark? I, I just <laughs> thrown it out there. Seton? Tim Donahue's story still's got some legs. Yeah. Huh? Dang. Paulie? Niners kicking the tires on no, Matt Ryan? No, that's not true. Question, Question mark? mark? Is it Donaghy or Donahue? Donahue. I call it Donaghy. November 6th and 7th, the world's best thoroughbreds compete in 14 exhilarating races at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more at breederscup.com slash 2020. Catch all the action live on NBC Sports. Thanks for joining us. Phone calls, emails, tweets. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Dan Patrick Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.